Good morning, and welcome to another mini Monday episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your hosts. I'm Abby. And I'm Erica. Part of our mini Monday series will include episodes about the stories surrounding cold cases that do not quite have enough information for a full episode. So French, press yourself some coffee and let's dive on in. Miss Garnet Jin was a 30-year-old single woman who worked as a home economics teacher at Portland High School in Portland, Indiana. She was very well-liked in the community, and while she was very friendly, it was reported by everyone she had a few gentlemen that she spent time with. Garnet attended the meeting for the chapter of Psi Iota Xi sorority at the Portland County Country Club on February 28, 1950, which would become her last event. The sorority has been around since 1897 and is said to exist to, quote, be of service with time, money, and love, and a cooperative effort with the community, end quote. This sorority was something that was super popular in Portland for the women of the community as they felt that it was their way to give back. They ended the meeting with singing God Be With You Till We Meet Again and Goodbye Sweetheart, which were both at the request of Garnet. It was reported that at the end of the meeting, when Garnet was getting ready to leave, she offered to host the next meeting at her apartment. She then offered a ride to a neighbor that had also attended the meeting, who was named Gladys Pearson. Garnet took her home in a seemingly normal car ride and dropped Gladys off around 10.30 that night. A neighbor reports that Garnet pulled into her garage shortly after 10.30 that night. No one would ever see her alive again. The mystery has been solved. Here at Crime Over Coffee, our go-to caffeinated beverage for every episode is Fire Department Coffee. And you can get some as well and save 15% with our exclusive coupon code CRIMEPOD15. Owned and operated by firefighters and veterans, 10% of all their proceeds go directly to helping sick and injured first responders. And with an incredible range of flavors and caffeine strength, it's a company that all of us can easily support. So please go to firedeptcoffee.com and use our coupon code CRIMEPOD15 to support us, support them, help first responders, and get some incredibly tasty coffee along the way. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On Wednesday, March 5th, 1950, so the next day, Dr. D.S. Weller, who was the Portland school superintendent, decided to go and check on Garnet when she failed to show up to school that day and did not call into work. He arrived at her home around 11 in the morning and found her leaning against her car in the garage, dead. She was hanging from the door handle of her car with a belt from a sewing machine tied around her neck. She was fully dressed in her coat and just sitting on the floor of the garage. The weird thing to me is that her neighbor that shared a garage with her didn't notice the body laying there when he got his car out that morning to go to work. Can we talk about neighbors and these stories? (laughs) At least he didn't feed her chickens before calling the police. 
He also just missed her dead body. Well, okay, so that's the other thing. I'm not sure which side her body was on and, like, which side he went to get into the, like, I don't know if he was even in a position to see it. Also, if it's anything like me in the mornings, (laughs) I'm so out of it in the mornings that... I wouldn't see it either. Yeah, so I I don't know, but I did think it was kind of weird. The scene was reported to have no signs of a struggle, and her clothing did not even seem disturbed either. The keys to her car were laying on the front seat of her car with her purse, although her wallet and driver's license were both missing. The coroner at this time, Donald E. Spar, ruled her official cause of death as strangulation but did not declare whether it was a homicide or a suicide as police wanted to continue to investigate the scene and her life before making that final decision. What was wrapped around her neck again? A belt from a sewing machine. It feels like a really strange thing to strangle someone with. I agree. I don't know if there was just nothing else there or... Yeah, it just seems very uncommon. And Mm -hmm. let's say, I guess I don't really know... If people had those just like extra ones on hand in the 1950s or whatever, like, you know, extra ones. I I don't really know, honestly. I did think it was kind of strange too, but we'll kind of go into that a little bit more in a minute. Okay. So there really wasn't much to go on as to whether or not it was a homicide or a suicide as there were no witnesses and Everyone that the police talked to that knew Garnet said that she was a super happy person and there's no way she'd want to harm herself. Yeah, but I feel like you hear that a lot with people who commit suicide where they're just not seeing that that depression that the person is actually experiencing. Yeah, I had that same thought because everybody is kind of in that denial of there's no way that this could happen to me. So I'm not sure which way it was, I guess. Upon further investigation of her home, everything seemed pretty normal, and they found an additional $30 in her bedroom under her pillow, which to them was a sign that it would be a suicide, that that $30 wasn't missing. Let's say I went in and robbed a house. I don't think I would look under their pillow for money. You typically look in like the freezer or sock drawers or safes, you know, not in the bed. Yeah, I wouldn't look under the pillow either. I didn't think that was weird. Like maybe under the mattress. Yeah, exactly. And so nothing seemed to be missing. But what if somebody killed her in her garage and just didn't go into the house? Her wallet and her driver's license were both missing. Yeah, like I mean, I would imagine if you do something, a crime like that, you want to get out of there pretty quickly. Exactly. Especially when they share a garage with someone. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to stick around for that. So the neighbor that I had talked about earlier that had seen her pull into her drive also stated that throughout the night, she had heard some sort of commotion coming from outside and she got up to check it out. But when she got up, she saw that there's a cat in the street and she thought that the cat had just like knocked something over causing commotion. So she just went back to bed. But she did say that when she checked, the lights on Garnet's car were on in her garage. And I'm not really sure what time it was. She just said that it was overnight. I mean, personally, I think I would go knock on their door to let them know, you know, like, hey, your car's probably gonna be dead in the morning when you get up. But I guess it probably depends on how close they were as neighbors. Yeah, there's there's that. And then I mean, if it's three o'clock in the morning, are they gonna answer to a knock on the door? I don't really know. They might. I wouldn't. That's true. You definitely would not wake up to that. No. 
I probably would. Yeah, I don't know. To a fault, I probably would. (laughs) Yeah, so it just, I think it depends. The family did not believe that she would have killed herself, and they convinced police to have her body exhumed shortly after it was buried in April of 1950 to do an autopsy because they hadn't done one when she had died. So the test was inconclusive and gave no answers, really, but it showed that she had blood clots in her brain, which could have been from blunt force trauma, but there was nothing on the outside of her head to support that like no damage to the outside of her head they also found bruising on her skin i'm not exactly sure where and they investigated the car of hers and found small blood stains on both sides of the outside of her car and then so they kind of thought that this showed that maybe she was attacked by somebody as she was like getting out of her car and then that person drugged them to the spot and then hung her from that door So the police really had nowhere to go with this. They had no witnesses, no suspects, no one to start with. They had the evidence pointing to the suicide and the evidence pointing to the homicide. Everything was kind of divided on what they believed happened. But I think for me, I lean more towards homicide. What about you, Abby? Yeah, I definitely do, especially since her wallet was missing. With things missing like that and evidence of like blood on the side of her car and it being such a strange I I guess I have a hard time understanding I feel like typically when people commit suicide by hanging yeah sometimes it's in a garage but it's not a shared one and it's also normally from high up yeah I thought that that was super strange too because it's from the door handle it's not like she's yeah super high up and that that just seems like that leaves a lot of room for error if you're trying to kill yourself a lot of times I think it would be from a ceiling fan a door or something like that inside the house in a situation where you share a living area like that yeah I agree. I mean, I, like I said, I believe more towards the homicide. I mean, her wallet is missing, like you said, her driver's license is missing. And I think it does, you know, yeah, there's that side of sometimes you don't expect certain people to commit suicide, but it was enough that her family had her body exhumed. I think you have to put a little stock in that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that there's always some sort of signs when you look back, typically anyways, that can show you oh, well, there was this. I guess I could see it now. So this case still remains unsolved to this day. Sheriff Clarence Bishop stated that he goes back and forth on which side he believes is more accurate. And he said that it is not right to say that the case is closed, though. Something will come up that will change the picture. However, whatever that something was has yet to show up. And this case remains a mystery to this day. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. If you would like to support us, go to anchor.fm forward slash Erica dash Abby. Donations to our podcast are greatly appreciated and go into making the podcast possible. If you like us, you can recommend us or give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to us on your podcast listening medium. Thank you so much.